Father, we just want to focus in on your word today. We we bind distraction and, and everything that would take away from this precious time that you have to spend with us. And Father, we just want to uh, dive into your revelation, get understanding, and and uh, process this properly so that we can take away power from your word, that, that that power belongs to us. And so, Father, we are so fortunate and so blessed to have your word to feast on. That That is our meat, to, to do the word and, and to receive the word. And so we thank you so much for that bread from heaven that constantly feeds us. In Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. So we're going to talk about how to unshackle your faith today, okay? You've got to keep your faith unshackled because so many times we got it in the holster and uh, get mad if we have to start using it. I mean, when when you get upset because you got to do more of the word, you're, you're in dangerous territory. But, you know, you get that way sometimes. You get relaxed. And you get get used to being comfortable navigating in the natural, amen. And and when it you have to take that break from something and go into another realm, it's kind of like, well, what about? <laughs> I want to do that right now. I got stuff I got to do, you know that kind of thing. So it's good to keep your faith engaged, and so I've found it preferable. That's but but you know that's from years of of doing haphazard hit miss you know need my faith to be in in better shape than it was when I had to use it the next time all of that trial and error and I found that God was able to help me work out a system where I could keep my faith engaged at all times and and I prefer that way of living so that when situations come up I'm not taken by surprise uh, I'm not uh, um, Running around trying to find an answer, I, I can find the answer right there. Uh, in in walking in the spirit with God, it's it's preferable for me than in the flesh, in the spirit, in the flesh, in the spirit. That yo-yo type living, it just didn't work for me. And so, and I'm not saying I don't have fun living with God is the most fun you'll ever have. Uh, you know, we just think we're having fun when we, you know, doing all these distracted things, and so. Uh, it's much better to keep your faith engaged, but I just think it's, it's, it's like, it's a good thing for me to challenge myself to live this way. And it's not like somebody's beating you over the head, making you do something. You know, we, we, as Christians, we got to get out of that mentality of gotta do, you know, uh, there are some things you gotta do. There's some things I, I gotta get up out the bed if I want to get something accomplished. You understand what I'm saying? wash up if I don't want to run everybody out the place. You got me? It's just some stuff you just got to do. You just can't be a free spirit about everything. Them kind of people wind up with them orange jumpsuits on and behind bars somewhere. All them free spirits wind up in the same spot. So it's just good to do to be purposeful in your life, to have a purpose in God, to know what he's called you to do, and be about doing it. That's the best life. Is the best life. So anyway, we're going to talk about how to unshackle your faith. And uh, if you turn to, I think I want to do James 2. And why am I over in 4? Eh. Let's go like I said to 2. And 14, I think it is. Let me see. 
or 17. It says, 14 says, what does it profit my brethren? Though a man say he has faith and have not works, can faith save him? The answer is no. Without works, your faith is dead. So it can't do anything until you bring it to life. So if a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one say to him, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, bless you, notwithstanding you give them not those things that are needful to the body, what profit is it? He says, even so, faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone. I found that all of the fruit of the Spirit need help. They need some action put toward them. Love needs help. Love has to be expressed. Amen. Faith needs help. It has to be expressed. So all of the fruit of the Spirit in, in the divine energies depend on one another to accomplish a task. That's why we have so many fruit of the Spirit. They're needful for different things. You'll, you'll always, you'll use all of them up over and over again throughout your Christian walk because they are available to us for a purpose. And so faith is weak. It's dead actually when it's by itself. You have faith on the inside of you. you all do. Every man is given a measure of faith. And so we, it, what what does it what good does it do you if you don't know how to use it you don't know how to activate it and you don't employ faith consistently in the things that pertain to your life uh many times we'll think to ourselves well i don't need to ask god about that or i don't need to do this or but you need to you need to we're in training here you need to get in the habit of always going within you know granted um you can brush your teeth on your own, but isn't it nicer just to, to talk to the Holy Ghost while you do it? The Holy Ghost, direct my my toothbrush. Hey! And get them rough places that I'm too lazy to get most of the time. Huh? With that little courtesy brush we throw across the front. Huh? You know, sometimes you just need to dig a little deeper. He can always be perfects everything. Everything goes better with the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, I mean, and, and it's a way to keep your faith engaged. It's a way to keep yourself um, understanding God more. It's, you know, why get get low on fuel and have to work yourself up to to praise God or work yourself up to think a happy thought or work yourself why not stay on that level where you just reach up for it because you're so close you got me I mean you can walk in the spirit folks you really can amen it's possible (laughs) stay mindful of God at all times keep his word meditate with him all the time talk to him in your mind amen that's where miracles are birthed. They're not birthed out in somebody's meeting. They made that, the woman with the issue of blood birthed that miracle way away from any meeting or anybody. Nobody helped her do that but God. Sometimes it's good to just have you and the, and the Lord alone. You know what I'm saying? I mean, stay focused here. So anyway, faith without works or uh, the Weymouth translation says corresponding action. There is an 
action that corresponds to your faith. Amen. And, and whatever that action is must come from God. He's got to tell you. I found that, that it's better. I'd rather get it directly from God and know that's what I'm supposed to do than to borrow it off of somebody else's testimony, even though that may work. You understand what I'm saying? There are times when a testimony of Jesus Christ is a spirit of prophecy. Now, at times that that testimony will prophesy to you and you can repeat the same actions somebody else did to get their miracle. Amen. Especially if it's scriptural. And if you see it work over and over again in the Bible for other people, you know, write that down. Huh? Book it, Dano, and, and follow up on that. Amen. And, and so, but, but apart from that, there, there will be times where God will take us aside and give us something unique to do to employ our faith. And it may seem to you, this is the thing you got to be careful about. It may seem to you that it's not going to get you where you want to go. It's a corresponding action that's spiritual. So it will make sense in the spirit, but it may not make sense in the natural. Just like Naaman was told to dip, he was considered unclean. Can you imagine you going around unclean, 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 everywhere you go, unclean, people have to run from you, separate from you. And then when he goes to get his healing, he has to go dip in the mud. Come on now. Dip in the mud to get clean. See, corresponding actions. See, faith is a supernatural spiritual force. Everything that's connected to it is spiritual. So what God may tell you to do to act out your faith may look totally opposite of where it's going in the natural. Amen? People who want to make money one day find out you got to send money to get bring money back home. Money don't come to you by itself. Ah! What about money coming? Cha-ching! I don't know about that. My life don't run like that. I'm going to say it again. Any person that's really made money, I ain't talking about people that talk about making money. I'm talking about somebody's really made money will tell you, you got to send money to get money. You send like for like. See, that's why a lot of people don't have much. <laughs> they didn't realize that. It don't go on trees like, you know, my parents used to tell me. Huh? <laughs> people who want to be in the stock market, what do they do? They invest. You got to put some real coin up in there. Amen. Got to have some skin in the game. Amen. At some point, you know, now I know people, well, you know, when I first started, I ain't talking about first started out. I'm talking about somebody that's got some money. You can't just put your money back in your pocket and think you're going to get more. You send none out. You got to believe in your own prayer. 
know, people was like, yeah, well, you know, uh, brother so-and-so started out, he was broke and, and he had a pencil. They gave him a pencil in the conference and he put the pencil in the offering and somebody gave him $20, but he didn't put that in his pocket. He put that in the next offering. You got to send money to get money, folks. Come on now. If you're not, if you're not afraid and in the same thing with, with effort and energy. You know, you've got to get up and, and go do something. You know, people who are looking to, to be wealthy work. They be at a job all the time or something that looks like a job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Enough to fool the devil into thinking you're really doing something, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But you have to place, but God said he will prosper everything you do what? Set your hands to. You gotta set your hands to something. Not your mouth, your hands. <laughs> or I should say, not just your mouth, your hands. And see, you may not see how that is ever going to make a living for you or prosper you or increase you or anything like that. But keep setting your hand to it and see what happens. But keep setting your hand to it. One day somebody will come up and say, you know, I've been looking for something like that. <laughs> is that for sale? Huh? Whatever. But you gotta set your hand. That's faith. If you could set your hand to it, just getting it done without something in mind for it already, just because it's, it's available for you to do, God will cause it to prosper. He'll cause it to prosper every single time. Every single time. So there's a corresponding action to all of our faith. Amen. This is the law of God. This is how God creates. This is how God, the God kind of faith works. God speaks and there's a core. He does a corresponding action and it manifests. Amen. In creation, Genesis one, um, you turn there real quick. I'll, I'll, it says in the beginning, God created. The heaven and the earth, the earth was without form and void. You know, most Bible scholars think that something happened to upset God's order in the earth, but it was all jumbled up and he began to sort it out. So he created and then he perfects his creation. Amen. And so God said, let there be and there was. So when you look at that, you think God spoke and it just happened. But that's not what James says. He says faith without works is dead. Amen. See, speaking is a type of work, but there's got to be a corresponding action to make that thing manifest or appear in the natural. So where is God's corresponding action? Verse 2, the earth was without form and void, but darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. So what's the corresponding action? corresponding action 
And we see the word, let there be light. Where's the corresponding action? Uh Uh-uh. Back up a little bit. The Holy Ghost. Moving. See, the Holy Ghost is always God's corresponding action. You got me? So God does not break his law even in his own sovereign creation. The Holy Spirit's hovering over. That's the corresponding action is hovering. Amen. Waiting for the word to come forth so he can jump on it. Is everybody on the same page now? Yeah. And he says, let there be in the Holy Spirit moved light in. Amen. You got me? So God even has a corresponding action. I just wanted to show you that to show you even God has corresponding action to his faith. Amen. He speaks the word, yes, but the Holy Spirit has to hover in there and manipulate things and cause it to manifest. How he does it, we don't know, but I'm telling you, it's marvelous and it's a miracle and he'll, he'll create miracles again. Amen. And he'll do it through his people. He gives us the honor of partnering with him in, in working. Amen. Working miracles, working our faith, working the things that we need to work. Amen. And so this is, is the God way of receiving. This is the God honored way of, of our using our faith, the faith, his faith, the faith of God. And this is the God way of doing it. Amen. Mark eleven twenty three tells us when we turn there. Why are we doing this? Why are we in the Bible? Let's get in the Bible. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. Mark 11, Mark 11, 23, 24. He says here in verse 22, Jesus says, Have faith in God or have the faith of God. Or have the God kind of faith. In other words, put your faith in God's way of operating and using his faith. Amen. Do it the God way. And he said, because I say to you truly, whosoever shall say to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. That's the God kind of faith. No doubt in his heart. But believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So we speak it by unction of the Holy Spirit. That's the God kind of faith is spoken by the Spirit of God. And the Spirit catches that and works with it and provides a corresponding action to our faith. Amen. As far as giving us giving it to us spiritually speaking. So when we we say, I'm healed, the Holy Spirit caused us to say that. He, he agrees, the word and the Spirit agree. He agrees with his own word. And then you get the faith of God on the inside of you for that thing to happen. And then the only thing that's left is for you continue to walk by faith and walk it out. And at some point, you will have it. It will come to pass. Amen. You can have whatsoever you say. 
but there is corresponding action to your words. Amen. For instance, if you, if you say you're healed, you don't lie in the bed and wait for that to happen unless you really can't move. Amen. But you know, there was a, I remember a, a testimony about a little girl. It was paralyzed. I think she had some kind of palsy she was born with. And they brought her to an Oral Roberts meeting. And she was in the tent where they had the harder cases, you know, the ones he prayed for out in the front. You know, even though it was a challenge, I look at some of that and I say, I never would have put all of that together like that. You understand what I'm saying? But the harder cases were in the back where they would have time. He had a team of people that that helped him pray for those people and worked on them. He kind of oversaw everything. And there was a little girl back there lying on a cart. I think Richard was part of his team at that time. He tells his testimony. And he said that uh, he uh, Oral prayed for everybody, and he told them, he said, now do something that you couldn't do before. The man with the withered hand, stretch out your hand. Oh, that seems so mean. How can they do something? Just get in faith, okay? Either get in faith or go go outside somewhere. You understand what I'm saying? So she began to blink her eyes and continue to blink her eyes and blink her eyes and blink her eyes. And pretty soon she got strength in her limbs. She jumped up out that cot and she said, see, mama, I told you I was going to get it. I told you I was going to get it. See what I'm saying? All they, all people need to do is be instructed on how to bring their faith to life. That's a corresponding action to what she believed was hers. Amen. Corresponding action. Something that points you in the direction of what you need. Something that's maybe challenging for you to do, but you can do it a little bit. Do it a little bit under the anointing. And what you, what you sow a little bit of, God will give you more of it. Amen. It's just the law of faith. What you, when you express your faith with your works or with your corresponding action, that brings God to attention. That, that shows him something about you. Amen. And that allows the Holy Spirit to hover over your situation and work with you because he is the agent of action. And manifestation is the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so he begins to work with you and cause what it is that you desire to come to pass. I don't care what it is. It could be healing. It can be uh, uh, a better job, more money on the job you have, open doors, opportunities. I don't care what it is. Keep your faith active. Keep it out there. Keep it moving. Keep it, uh, keep generating things with your faith. Amen. And God will see your, your efforts and he will, in due season, he will, he will reward you. Amen. He won't fail you. It'll come to pass. Problem is most people don't do it long enough. You know, this light goes in one ear and out the other with majority of people. They just, you know, don't even think about what can I, am I using my faith? What can I do to use my faith more? See, if, if God's called you to ministry, you need to be praying, not for a ministry, but praying for people. Get yourself a good prayer assignment and stay with those prayers and start seeing God manifest and bring them to pass. See, that's the only thing that's going to increase your faith 
is you stand with it long enough to see it happen. You just drop it and go do something else. Nothing else to do. If he's got you in the, the, the learning phase, and we're always learning, folks. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing, nothing that we know perfectly enough. You're not sitting up waiting on God to put people in front of you to lay hands on. He's waiting on you to take it seriously and start really delving into your prayer life. Really that God, how can I get better results with the prayers I'm praying? How can I see more people uh, get healed from my prayers? Amen. A lot of people don't never, they never check back to see if those people are doing better. You need to start doing that. Don't be scared. <laughs> You're not the healer anyway. If they ain't better, keep praying for them. That's all you got to do is stay on your assignment. Amen. No harm, no foul. I know I prayed. <laughs> I didn't put no spells on them. Huh? I prayed. I asked God. Amen. So faith needs help. Got to put it to work. Amen. What you believe must be expressed or acted out. This always works. Amen. It always works. We said before in the Genesis 1 example, God works his faith. Amen. (laughs) When we use the faith of God, we must put it to work by the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit that hovered over the face of the deep and brought that word to pass, he he did the corresponding action. You know, you ever read the Bible sometimes where it says some of those unique things like God uh, catches the wind in his hand. Or, or he, uh, thunders, uh, or, or he scoops up the, the waters and puts them in a, a, a pen and tells them not to move. See, those are corresponding actions to his words. Come on, y'all. You know, God, if God has to work, we gotta work too. That's my point. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Quit waiting on everything and start putting some stuff to work. I mean, in your little corner. Get yourself a little, get all them, them malefactors, miscreants, and ne'er-do-wells in your family and put their name on a sheet of paper and put it on your refrigerator. And go after it and start checking them off when you find out they either in church or called you and say, Auntie, you know what? All them times you was telling me I needed God, I, somebody took me to a meeting and I met God. Good. Check mark and go to the next one. You ain't got time to have a party with him. Just go on and check him off the list and keep it moving. You're on a roll. Amen. You're on an assignment. <laughs> and praise God. But we have to keep our faith engaged, folks. It must always be invested. And why do you think God gave it to us? So we can sit around and watch stuff happen and say it won't work for me. Because that's where many times our faith winds up. It winds up in the uh, um, inactive file. (laughs) Because we don't don't know how to let it work and keep working for us. See, you have to put it to work and keep it working. You can't let it just stay alone and do nothing. 
It's got to stay engaged in something. Amen? So faith needs help. What you believe must be expressed or acted out. God works his faith all the time. Jesus said, the Father works, and hitherto I work also. Amen? Never slumbers, never sleeps. When we use the faith of God, we must put it to work. Faith does not wait. Patience does. So your faith sitting by itself is is inactive. It's not invested in anything. It's not helping you any, any. So you have to keep it engaged in something. Sometimes, you know, when you run out of things to do, you say, God, what do I do to put my faith to work? What do I do right now, where I am right now, right here, to put my faith to work? And you'll begin to open up your eyes to certain things that you can see get improvement on. Sometimes sitting around waiting for one thing to happen puts you in doubt, unbelief, a bad mood, and all of that. So investing your faith in somebody else's life is a good way to keep yourself encouraged. Plus, God will reward you, amen, by letting you see their prayer come to pass, and then you'll be encouraged about your own. You know, at least my faith is working on something. I'm not sitting here just polishing it like fine china, you know, putting it on the shelf. It's active. It's working. Amen. So understand that, that your faith must be engaged at all times in, in, at least in the realm of thanking God for something. Amen. That's, that's keeping your faith alive. Worship keeps your faith alive. All spiritual activity helps your faith. But there must be some corresponding action to what it is that you are believing God for so that you can get what it is that you desire. So uh, patience waits. It keeps your faith, uh, it props your faith up while, while you're <clears throat> believing God for something or and until it comes to pass. But many times your faith is, is needing to be strengthened by the word. Amen. So when you say, will you pray for, for, uh, you know, to be healed or you pray for elimination of symptoms, you're healed already. So you're not waiting on God to heal you. You receive your healing by faith. So you get the spiritual half of your healing when you pray. You just receive it. I am healed. Amen. And, and there is a place where you must strengthen that faith or strengthen that promise on the inside of you, cause it to grow and cause it to get stronger. And the interesting part is that we sometimes think it's going to take a long time for certain things. But I'm telling you, some things pop before you even realize you, you're believing God for it. Sometimes it'll come as just a nice thought. That's faith too. You know, if, if it's something legal, amen, and something God wants for you, sometimes it just is, is a peaceful, pleasant reaction on the inside of you. You know, faith operates like that. It brings you the things that you desire. You feel good about them. You smile on the inside. That's part of faith. Amen. 
it, it's part of the, the faith package where different fruit of the spirit will begin to manifest in you where you, you get this extraordinary peace about something where you used to be worried, fretful, thinking about it, not wanting it. I want that. I want that. I want that. And then all of a sudden God opens the door. You say, yeah, I think I want that. Amen. It just happens like that sometimes. You know, it's not the labor people try to make it out to be, you know. Oh, I got to get my word. I got to find this. I got to find that. That's good. Get in your word. Stay in your word. But many times, you know, it's like you don't know when these things are going to manifest. That's the joy of living for God. It can happen at any time. Amen. It can manifest on you at any time. So, so, um. We, we need to understand that faith without works is dead. God works his faith all the time. Father works and hitherto I must work too. And so when we understand that, we'll understand that faith is not a boring sitting around waiting for something to happen. Don't know when it's going to happen. Don't know if we want it anymore. Don't know if it's ever going to happen. Faith is not like that. When you find yourself drifting away in your mind about what it is that you want from God, then you got to slap yourself in the Holy Ghost a couple times and, and rephrase it. Wait a minute, God. No, wait a minute. I, I'm healed. I have that already. See? Not I'm waiting on anything. I, you got it now. Amen? So you're not really waiting on anything. You're, you're, you're spending your time instead of putting your life on hold because you want something. You know, we did that in the world. We uh, Life was boring because we didn't have so-and-so like everybody else had. Or we were upset because we couldn't afford this, that, and the other like everybody else does. Well, we don't live like that in the kingdom. It ain't like that over here. Amen? You don't get your affection set on something of this life where you will be bored like that. You set your affection on, amen, stuff God enjoys. Righteousness, peace, and joy. Soul winning, praying for the sick, working miracles. You understand what I'm saying? This is what we set our affection on. We have to, or we will be very, very miserable little people down here. So you got to transfer your desires over into kingdom desires. Start learning how to love what God loves. Amen. He loves righteousness. He loves it when people obey his commandments. Get around people who are obedient instead of slothful. You understand what I'm saying? People who are casual about God. You know, get away from casual people. You're trying to go somewhere. I hope you're trying to go somewhere. Get around people who burn you when you get close to them. Amen. They're all fired up all the time. Amen. Keep your head spinning. Amen. So, so we, we must do the will of God. Hebrews 10, 36 tells us that and this, this is instead of thinking you're waiting on God to bring something to you. Whenever you sit around and get mentally bored, think you're waiting on God to do something. God, I did everything I'm supposed to do. It's not here yet. What's wrong? Hebrews 10 and verse 
35. He says, don't cast away your confidence. Don't sit around bored, wondering, upset, amen, in the flesh. Let your carnal mind kick in and starts messing with you. Don't cast away your confidence, which has great recompense. Your confidence in your prayer, your confidence in God is, is worth millions. It is great reward. Amen. It's not no chump change. That's why the devil keeps getting you to look in the natural, getting you bored, getting you thinking it won't happen and get you disgruntled. Amen. For you have need of. Yep. That's the one that waits. Faith doesn't. Faith is now. But patience comes alongside of faith to cause it to endure over the long haul. So you can stay in faith for many, many years. You may not be jumping up and down about it 24-7. But at the end of the day, if you can feel down in your spirit and say, I still believe it's going to be as God said it will be. Amen. It will be just as he said. Amen. Even in the midst of turmoil. If Paul could say it on an almost sinking ship, we can say it. Amen. It will be just as he told me. Amen. Just like the word says. And he says, you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God. What's your corresponding action? You need to do it every day. There's probably a corresponding action to our faith that we need to do on a repetitive basis. It's not a one time. Oh, anybody can do something one time and try it. And if you don't get what you want right away, you're upset with God again. No, he has us do a corresponding action every day. What's the corresponding action to my faith that I want to, I want to do some things, Lord. I want to see some things happen. You know, I want to see more healings. I want to see more. Well, we know to get in the word. Amen. Get in the word, listen to tapes, turn the plate down, do some unique things. Amen. Um, and, and do those things. Those are corresponding actions to build revelation, to build understanding. I mean, whatever, whatever you usually do to get an answer from God, that's what you do. And he says, after you have done the will of God, amen. Well, you never have done it all. So this implies keep doing it. Amen. So he says, after you have done the will of God and, and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, you might receive the promise. So don't throw away how you, that you uh, believe God for healing for 10 years and it hasn't come all the way through yet. Now God's not got us in a torture chamber. He's not testing us beyond what we're able to endure. The Bible says that. He gives us a way of escape so we can bear it. So you're not feeling like, you know, you're, you're, uh, limited or you can't do this or you can't do that. He, he gives you ways of escape so you can bear these things. Amen. This, I, when I was, uh, recovering from a nervous breakdown and I found I have this habit now, I don't just stand around or sit around and do nothing. I'm not looking for a remote control to watch some television. 
I keep my hands employed. I keep my eyes employed. I keep, you know, now that's me. I don't know what you do, but I'm not going to backslide because I know it's very, very possible to disengage my faith from doing things that, that raise the fruit of the spirit within me. See, see, there are some things that I learned how to do. See, once you're depressed and you're in lockdown because of your own inner world, you come out of that and you make yourself a pledge. I ain't going back there no more. So you take all your little, you know, your little training and your little tools and all your little stuff with you on the, the new journey. You don't leave that stuff behind, you know. People ask me, well, well, Pastor Barb, you ain't supposed to be cooking. You see, that's when I get real mad. So I walk away from people like that because, you see, they don't know where I've been. And they don't honor where I've been either. I'll say it again. They don't know where I've been and they don't honor where I've been. So you got to learn how to honor where what brought you through so that you don't go back to that place again. See, if I go to being happy and get in the flesh and get all excited about one thing or another, see, I'll lose it all, and I know that. So I keep doing the things that I did. In order to get out of the nut house, I had to make a trivet. Know what that is? It's that little round thing you sit a hot pot on. But I had to do it mosaic with little teeny squares of tiles. Put it together. I was a college graduate. I taught in a college. But there I am putting a little... I graduated from there. And the way I don't go back is I keep doing the small things that train my hands and my eyes to not sit and worry and think. I do it now. Am I going to sit up and listen to something carnal, offensive, and not edifying? So I just keep myself busy fixing dessert. What y'all want? I gave the waitress the night off tonight. We, You know? Do you understand what I'm saying? And see, you try to explain that to people who are carnal already. I wouldn't waste my time. I don't cast my pearls before swine. See? But it's been 40 years since I was depressed, and I have not had a depressed day since then. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is how I stay healthy in my mind. I do the things that I know bring me joy, bring me peace, that are creative. This is something I do that I enjoy. I don't do it for you. Now, you might be the recipient of it in some degree, but don't let it worry you that I do these things. Don't let it bug you. Amen? (laughs) Be thankful I ain't doing what my flesh is telling me I want to do. Tell everybody off, get out of here. Y'all ain't preachers. Get out of here eat my food. Do you understand what I'm saying? So I I keep myself peaceful within. 
I keep myself being good about myself, being creative. Huh? Look at what I was able to do, Lord. I'm proud of myself. And he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. Do some more. And I do some more. Do you understand what I'm saying? And not to offend anybody or not to be out of place or anything. This I do between me and God. This is our little thing that, that we decided I would do to help keep me in a spiritual mindset, keep me sowing seed spiritually. See, I know for a fact that when, when God stands, when I stand before God, I said, God, I took care of your people. You understand what I'm saying? I took care of them every way you could take care. I didn't, did not neglect anybody, neglect anybody's needs. I didn't try to get them in there to take care of me and, and give me money and all this. You, you understand what I'm saying? Like Paul said, I, I didn't rob nobody. You understand what I'm saying? I sold into the lives of people instead of taking from them. You got me? And so you, you have to, you have to gear your life in that direction. So you gotta ask God, what do I do? What's my offering to you? Over and above finances and, and the job that I do as a minister and all that kind of stuff. What's my offering to you that's invested in keeping my faith strong? Keep my faith in the kingdom. Keep my faith ready for the challenge that's going to be out there. And there are always challenges out there. Amen. What's going to keep my faith on the trigger? Be ready to pull a trigger on it. Amen. And you gear your life around those things. Yeah, I know that's too, that's too humble for some people. You know what I'm saying? But you need to know the things that make your life work and stay at them and and don't get off the track. You know, stay on that road because that's the right road for you. So we have to do the will of God over and over and over again. Do works to demonstrate your faith. Amen. You must do it first and then you'll receive the promise. You can't not have a corresponding action to your faith that you do if you're going to receive what God has for you. You've got to find out what that action is. Amen. Second Peter 1 verses 5 and 6 talks about virtues that have to be added to your faith or spiritual forces that have to be added to your faith. Second Peter 1. Let me turn there. <clears throat> Oopsie. I lost Peter. Come on, Peter. Where you at? Right. <clears throat> it says, add to your faith virtue, which is that, that quality that causes you to continue to stand. It's a, a strength that endures. Amen. It says, um, um, five and six. Yeah. In five, he said, beside this, 
giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, which means that's a faith that doesn't try at one time and stop. It goes back. If, if it doesn't bring in the goods the first time out, it goes back again. So virtue causes you to go back. Virtue is that thing that says, now listen, I didn't get it this time, but I feel like I did the right thing when I spoke this or when I got up and did this or whatever. I feel like I did the right thing. See, virtue is, is a quality that relies on the integrity of God and the integrity of God's word to supplement faith. What virtue does is it says, now wait a minute, there's nothing wrong with God. There's nothing wrong with his word. It must be that I need to do something else or I don't see anything else to do. I'm going to do this again. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it. And I'm going to keep doing it. And so what generally happens is virtue will tell you, well, you don't have to do anything else. Just keep standing on the word. Keep speaking the word. Keep waiting for God to to open that door for you to do the next thing that needs to be done. If you don't see a real corresponding action yet, keep meditating on the word. Keep speaking it to yourself because at some point God will show up with what it is that you need to do. With many people, they just need to set their hand to something. I found this to be true. People who tend to get, they hit what they need to hit one time with their faith. And then that that door doesn't open right the way they say it like bounces back on you. You need to grab some virtue and hit it again. See, because what you're doing, what you're trying to do, you're not really in faith. You're in trying it out to see if it's faith. If it's faith, you'll pick it up. And God says, all you need is faith to do this. You'll pick it up and hit it again. Amen. It's just like if you got a burglar coming through your front door and you sitting there with that gun and you never fired it before and it's shaking in your hand you shoot it one time and you miss it what you gonna do let him keep coming no you grab it and you shoot it again amen until it's effective well that's the way faith is you keep shooting with it and shooting with it until it knocks that barrier out of the way amen so you, faith is not something you give up. Faith is you just believe God. Amen. Well, who else you go? You don't have another God you can pray to. All of them is dead. And the people who try to follow them are dead too. They need Jesus. You need to witness to them. Amen. So, so Peter says, add to your faith patience. Amen. And virtue. All of these these spiritual forces that he lists here, temperance or self-control, patience, and the patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity. All these, if these, all these things are being you and they abound, you'll neither be barren nor unfruitful. Amen. So you, in other words, everything that you believe God for will come to pass. Amen. And you can take that to the bank. You just have to keep adding to your faith. Dig down inside of you and say, now, wait a minute. 
Now, this didn't move this time, but God, I am not going to quit. You tell me how to use my faith. You give me instruction how to use it better. I'll go in the word and, and strengthen myself in the word a little more. Amen. That's always the right thing to do. Go back and get in your Bible some more and let more clarity come to you. Let more enlightenment come to you. And then you can get back in the hunt with your faith. Amen. But don't let go of it. Don't let the devil tell you it's not going to happen or God doesn't. He's yeah, you know, God gives people stuff like that. But, you know, that so and so got that and they faith is much bigger than yours is. Well, what's the devil know about faith until it bangs him over the head? He's no judge of anybody's faith. Amen. And so and we aren't either. You're not here to compare yourself with anybody else. You're here to, to be the servant of God. Amen. So we add things to our faith. There are certain things your faith, it, it's alone, it without works. And then you have to add to it. Let this little bug bug me. I guess that's why they call it a bug. Yeah, I'm good, honey. Say, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> I got him. They don't last long around me. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, I had that, uh, Chuck was the only person who knew how to, that, that, um, fly swatter that had electric, electric current on it. Chuck said, I can use that. She get the flies on there. But I, I wasn't any good at that. I had to use my mother's old remedy. Your little nasty wet dish rag. You don't wash your dishes with You keep it there for the flies. Amen. And you pop them real hard and they'll bounce, have a concussion for a minute. I said, well, I'm real sorry, brother, but we giving you a nice Christian burial today. Never should have come in my kitchen. Amen. I have a, a couple of halogen, are they halogen lights? Yeah, they're kind of open. And then you'll find a bee, bees like that light, because then you start smelling some barbecue somewhere. I said, oh, Lord, have mercy. The bee that got up in the light. So I got a lot of stuff working for me to get rid of bugs. <laughs> and I warn them when they come in the back door, I said, now you're going to want to go back out of here in Jesus' name, because it's not going to be good for you to wind up here in this kitchen right here because we don't put up with it <laughs> anyway so in luke eight twenty five, i'm gonna take you there and talk about keeping your faith engaged keeping it engaged if nothing else thanking god for something that you have yet to receive all of it if you received it in your heart by faith and start thanking him for the rest of it. Amen. Father, I thank you for total manifestation. You know, every symptom gone. You know, everything back the way it's supposed to be. In Luke chapter 8, and this is the uh, account of Jesus and the disciples on the boat. Verse 22. Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples. And he said unto them, let us go over. Onto the other side of the lake. Now, Jesus means to get there. No bout to doubt it. Amen. It doesn't matter what happens along the journey. If you believe God, he'll get you there. 
Amen. There's some things that, that we need to just take at face value. God said it's going to happen. It will happen. Amen. And so it's, it's just good to hold on to the word of God no matter what. And they launched forth. But as they sailed, he fell asleep. And there came down a storm of wind on the lake, and they were filled with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him, woke him up, saying, Master, Master, we perish. Now, one account of the same storm, the one, uh, I'm not sure which one it was, they woke him up angry and said, Don't you care that we die in? Amen. So, their faith is apart from his. Can everybody see that? Jesus has total confidence they're going to get there. But when the conditions change, the disciples break their faith off from his. Just like we do. You've been planning to go and buy a certain item and the price is all jacked up all of a sudden. Amen. Or you don't have all the money you thought you'd need for it. Well, were you in faith about that item or not? If you're in faith about it, God's going to put it in your hands. Amen. It, he done, He knew the price was going to get jacked up and you was going to run out of money and you're spending it like water. What else? He, he knows you. So they disconnect their faith. See, this is so common that it happens. This is why the devil works it like this so much. Because he wants us to, he wants to disconnect us from God. Huh. Disconnect us from the love of God. With love is the faith of God. Every, every attribute of God that we need, he wants to cut us off from that with circumstances. And it says, and they came to him and woke him saying, Master, Master, we perish. Now, this is where their faith is disconnected from his. It's not in him anymore. Amen. Then he arose, rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased. And there was a calm. And he said to them, where is your faith? Now, why did they, he say that? Where is it? He said, when we all got in this boat together, you have faith in me. Now, a little storm to come up and you working me to death, telling me I don't care about y'all and Huh? See, many people think he was telling them they could have rebuked the storm, but he really wasn't telling them that. Because they were shocked he did it. What manner of man is this? Huh? No, all they had to do is say, we going over, we going over to the, we going over to the, close your eyes, huh? And pretend that storm ain't there. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. Jesus said we gonna get there. We gonna get there. Just like you and I do. 
when the devil jumps on us and tells us we can't have something it ain't gonna happen for you and you too old and you too this and you too that all that stuff you gotta hold on to the word god told me uh-uh devil no jesus told me i'm holding on to jesus see what he was saying is your faith should still be in me and in my word if your faith were in me you'd ride the storm out how many of us are deceived in the thinking because you're obeying god you won't have a storm yeah, disciples, they all filed in the boat. It's going to be smooth sailing now. Jesus is with us in here. Huh? Well, just because he with you, that don't mean you got your faith in him. We'll say it again. He lives in us by the Holy Spirit. And we in faith one minute and doubt the next and unbelief the next and oh Lord the next. Huh? Uh-huh. Act like we never believed nothing. <laughs> Anybody ever, you ever been sailing along, figured this, oh yeah, it's coming now. I, I just smell it. I can smell it now. It's yeah, cooking. I saw, I saw a vision of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. That's all good. When the devil snatched the rug out from under you, vision ain't gonna do no good. You gotta, be holding on to something more than what you saw. Amen. So when he said, where is your faith? What he's saying, I can't feel y'all. Y'all ain't with me no more, homies. Huh? See, we're standing on the shore and they's all excited. Ooh, we gonna get in the boat with Jesus. We're gonna go to the other side. We gonna work some miracles. We go, oh, we go, yeah, yeah, right. Everybody was with him when they jumped in the boat. Then something kicks up and everybody scatters, scared, mad at him. I thought if I served God, everything was gonna be Wonderful all the time. Why am I having this problem? I'm saved. I didn't do nothing wrong. That's the biggie. Huh? Your thought life is wrong most of the time. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Wandering mind. Can't stay focused on your word. Come on now. (laughs) <laughs> worry five minutes and read the word a half a second or 30 seconds or whatever true uh-huh. we disconnect from God all the time and then trouble comes up and instead of them reconnecting to him they accuse him they get mad at him oh boy maybe I should go over to the Y and and deal with real people. Mad at God because you didn't get so and so and you were supposed to have it. Uh-huh. Thank God he ain't mad at us. He's waiting for us to straighten up and come back. So when Jesus asked them, Where is your faith? 
And they still aren't focused in on what he's talking about. See, Jesus lived in that realm of total dependence on the Father at all times. And he would take the disciples with them as far as they would go. And at some point, they would just drop it and get back over into the natural. They were all the time thinking natural stuff. Oh, who's going to be the one to sit next to you? When you get in your kingdom, I want to be over here in this side and you be over here on that side. Always some carnal stuff. That's why he was rebuking them, faithless and perverse. How long am I going to put up with? When am I going? When are y'all going to get it? Huh? <laughs> Amen. But see, they lived in a different dispensation. We have it already. You have in you the Abraham brand of faith that's able to hope against hope, believe when, when nobody else is believing. Huh? Can go back 20 times, checking the same thing with the same results and not give up. That's the brand that we have. See, it's a virtuous faith. It's a strong faith. Amen. It's the Abraham brand. That's our inheritance. That's the faith you inherited. And it's able to hope against hope. How do you think people can be in wheelchairs for 20, 30 years and then one day get up and walk? You know, just keep holding on to to God. Don't ever doubt. Don't give up. Amen. This is how it's done. With that brand of faith. That's that's righteous faith. Amen. That's faith righteousness for us. Amen. James 1 3 tells us that when our faith is tried, when it work, meets an obstacle, it works patience. Patience perfects us and matures us. In other words, patience will keep you from pulling your hair out every time you go to get something from God and you get a delay. Patience lets you know, I'm not going to be upset about this because my faith is still telling me it's mine. See, All these different spiritual forces help one another, help keep us together. Keep your mind solid, keep you from quitting and giving up. Keep you from from, um, walking away from serving God because you just wanted one thing from him. If you can't have that, you've done. It's a common thing that happens, folks. Trust me. People get tired of, I don't know what, I don't know what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? They're on the wrong road some kind of way. And if God doesn't do it soon, they're ready to quit like he needs them. That's pride gone to big seed. Amen. So God's still working with us. Jesus is the author and the completer of our faith. He's working on our faith. Working on it how? Causing it to be more productive for us and for him. For his kingdom purposes. 
faith, our faith, if, if you just needed material things, why even get involved with God? It's for spiritual things. The kingdom first and his righteousness, his right way of doing stuff. And then things are added. We still are learning how to do things God's way. It's amazing how we can cut corners and slipshod and all kind of things and and don't even question whether God approves of it or not. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? It, it's something to think about. So we add virtues, other virtues to our faith because if because faith is now, if you just focus on faith and faith alone, you'll be disappointed that everything doesn't happen immediately. Because you'll expect it to. Because of, of the way faith is made to operate. So we add patience to faith and it causes us to hold on for another day and continue to believe God. And to continue to be at peace, to walk in joy, to have all the fruit of the Spirit operating in us and to live more by the fruit and the virtues of God than by things that our faith can get for us. I'll say it again. People fall out with God because, now they will never tell you this. People aren't that honest. But you find people that used to serve God or used to even be in this ministry and they seemed like they were doing fine. They were enjoying what they were doing and learning and all that. And then all of a sudden, poof, it's disappeared. And it's because there is something that they thought they were in faith on and probably were never in faith on it. Then when they saw they weren't in faith, instead of thanking God to finally get them over in faith and help them, everything you've ever expected from God is laid up for you. And see, many times we're not in faith. We're, we're in, in circumstance. And we think it's faith. People who are in faith have a love for the word. They know how to go to the word to solve their problems. People who quit were never in faith to begin with. Not much anyway. They have faith to get saved. You know, faith to do a few things in God, but pretty much people just go about doing what they do and a lot of times they're doing it in the flesh. You, you understand? But they're, they're good church goers. They're, they're good church people, but their faith is going to be tested. And see, when it comes up against that brick wall that says you can't have it, then what do you do? You believe what the brick wall tells you or you dig deeper and say, no, God, something's wrong. I've been, I thought I was in faith. I thought I was, you ever been, you ever said that to yourself? I thought I was believing you. That's a good place to be. Don't feel bad about that. That's a deliverance place to be. But see, everything that God's ever promised you or you ever wanted from him is still laid up for you. But if you walk away from developing your faith, you're left to try to make it work in the natural. It's a hard road. 
especially for a saint, when you could just expect it from God and stay in the Word, stay faithful, do what God tells you to do. So many times people stay focused on that one thing. If they don't get that, they say, oh, this don't work. Or then they think everybody else is looking at them and making fun of them and making small of them. The devil gets all entangled in their thought life and they don't know how to get out of it. So they just walk away embarrassed, ashamed. The Bible says if you hope in God, you'll never be ashamed. In other words, shame can't catch up with you when you're believing God. Huh? You know, people in faith can do some outrageous, outlandish things in the name of the Lord and and take a licking and keep on ticking. They don't quit. They don't know what ashamed is. Why? Because they're not over in pride where it makes a difference what they look like. The only thing that makes a difference is what inside of them is telling them to do. See, you'll never work a miracle if you're wondering how you look to people. You'll never do it. You'll never get a prayer accomplished. If you, you know, certain things you, you don't have time to do or you can't do or you're not going to do. Huh? What well, won't happen? See, he resists the proud, but gives more grace, 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 more grace. To the humble. You stay humble. And watch grace abound towards you. God enables you to do things you never thought you would be able to do. Amen. We're all finding our way here, folks. Don't ever try to make yourself look like you've got it all together. Or, or you know, that you... You know, you can't do certain things. God tells you to do something and, you know, you look at people. Like that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You got to be willing and obedient, the word says. Amen. A lot of people say they're willing, but they never obey. They talk willing. Wow. Just a bunch of talk. So the disciples' faith was shackled. It was pinned down by fear and unbelief. These two enemies of faith are the major culprits that keep us from making progress toward our goal and keeping our faith engaged in what God wants us to do. Fear will tell you you can't have it or you don't want it. Or it won't work out for you. See, you know, now, now God might tell some people to do that, but see, you, you different. It's different for you. Always wants to put you over by yourself. Strap you down so that it blocks your faith from moving and accomplishing anything. Amen. You just get scared to step out of your comfort zone. And see what else is out there. Amen. You know, sometimes you just need to get sick of comfort zone. You know, remember the the two lepers? Was it two of them five at the gate of Samaria? 
two of them. Why sit we here until we die? See, that's a comfort zone. They weren't dead. They were alive. There was a famine going on. They had, it, there was a prophecy that, that tomorrow it was going to be different. And they were the only ones that had some kind of corresponding accent to believe something was going to be different the next day. They weren't supposed to be mingled in with the general population. Being isolated sometimes can be a comfort zone. You know, I think that's what's wrong with a lot of people when they get involved in church. They're so used to being by themselves, doing what they want to do, and, it, and here come these people with, oh, I love you, brother, and they got rules and regulations. Makes you recoil. Because you're used to doing what you want to do all the time. Huh? God's a God of discipline. I don't know where y'all live. Now, I may not look like a real disciplined person sometimes, but my life has a structure to it. God has structure to what he does. A certain amount of time you spend with him, talking to him about projects he has you doing or things like that or something connected to it discipline it's he expects me regularly to check in with him amen and i have purpose and meaning it's worth it to me to have purpose and meaning because at one time i didn't and that was a horrible life i won't go back there so i stay with the discipline of purpose and meaning so that i can can always be available you got me for what he wants me to do now, you know, Pastor Bob, you got to have a vacation, honey. If you only knew, you don't have time for a whole lot of stuff. At my age, especially, I'm looking for vacay. All the vacay, I'm, if I haven't done it all by now, I won't do it. Do what? Go. I told, <laughs> I told her, the nieces and nephews, Bob, I come go to Vegas with us. I said, honey, I ain't going to know you. If I ever get back there again, I ain't going to know you. Come to my room. I'm in the high roller suite. I have cashed in all my deceased husband's hard working earnings. Huh? So don't invite me to go nowhere. Just leave Baba alone. <laughs> Amen. Because his grace is sufficient for me in all things. Amen. Why do we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding Thank you, Lord, for allowing us into your throne room that we can get mercy, grace, all of the things that we need for this journey. And we are moving forward, Lord. We are advancing in the things pertaining to your kingdom. So we thank you, Lord, for that advance. We thank you, Lord, that we have grown from where we were when we first came in this morning. We have grown because your word has been sown in our hearts and we thank you, Lord, to bring a harvest in our hearts of your word. Let it be put to good use, Lord. Give us the projects we need to do, Father.
to be uh, to work for you and to be in cooperation with you at all times. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing in us. We bless you and we praise you for it. In the name of Jesus, praise God. Why don't we do our declaration? I don't have Rona and she don't have me. I can't get Rona and she can't get me. And I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes, we are healed. Amen, amen, amen again. It is so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Praise God.